Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Shattercast Unplugged. Today we are going to be talking about tabletop role-playing games, which is a, a not uncontroversial topic, uh, which is to say that uh, uh, there are people on both sides of the fences. And we want to uh, just have a time of honest discussion. Those are some of the concerns, taking it too seriously, magic, other gods, and I think other gods is a legitimate concern, and violence or, or graphic content. So let's take a minute now and talk about how we have addressed these concerns maybe in our own games or we've seen it addressed in the community. Um, what do you guys do um, and what can you uh, share that you think would help alleviate some of these concerns? Let's move away from lies and fears. Perhaps it's time to leave. Coming out from the edge of deception. Sailing into a new destination. Wanna join when you Joel was talking about the one of the greatest great things about the the type of game is that you have a lot of freedom in the story that you tell in the world that you build and so if there's a particular component that you see in like one of the guidebooks or that kind of thing there's still still a lot of options for you for not using that component uh, because you have freedom to tell that story the way you want to tell it I was going to say to that to a certain matter, talking about cousin, there's so many words in the English language. You decide, you decide which ones to use the same way that you were talking. Like you decide which, uh, which components to use in that, certain, in that specific thing. You still have control of your character whenever you're playing. It's not like, oh, well, it said that it's like that, so I have to do it. No, you still have control of it. If, if your character for X or Y reason ends up like saying that it worships other gods, then just change it <laughs> it's still your game like the point is not for you to feel dreadful or to what what you were saying like it's your personal conviction if it were to happen to me i would definitely change it because as you say i'm not gonna just start worshiping just because the game says so it's about this thing of saying like oh well just because of everything that's happening externally then i have to change internally no it's the other way around god changes internally so that everything else changes around us through god through us so it's still a game. It's still your game. You, it's not the game is in, in a sense. The game is to serve you. It's not for you to serve the game. So definitely. Well, and uh, you know, uh, with that in mind, you know, you're always in control of your character. It matters who you're playing with. You know, and Derek, Joel, uh, Gabe, myself, we've all played in groups with predominantly or completely a group of Christians. And you can, like, like Hannah was saying, you don't have to use everything that's in the books. You don't, uh, you don't have to do something like you said, Gabe, just because the game is written a certain way. Um, I like to run games. And when I do that, I create my own world. And I have the opportunity when I create my world to just put one God in there. And that God can have the same values as the Christian Bible. I can create a scenario in which if your character wants to have faith, then they can basically have the exact same faith that, that we have here in the real world. Um, 
the the challenges that I would that I, the, the challenges that I would bring to someone who's really concerned about that would be um, for me I would ask you what's the difference between playing a game in which case in which there might be multiple gods other than ours versus enjoying the Marvel Cinematic Universe in which Thor is considered a god but Captain America you know in the first Avengers movie he goes so far as to say there's only one god man and he's not dressed like that so there's obviously the concept of Christian faith in the MCU and then also the idea that Thor is a god and so is Odin and, and elsewhere so we have to wrestle with these things in, in all of our media not dismiss our concerns um, but really think critically if 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 we can understand the entertainment factor and the fact that watching the Avengers isn't making God disappointed in me, is it possible that the same kind of conversation can be had around tabletop role playing? Yeah, well, I mean, the truth of the matter is um, when you play, uh, depending on your group, but for the most part, you have a lot of creative freedom in how you want to play. Uh, you may follow the set amount of rules, which is, roll this and roll that the, the, the same as any other board game. There are rules in place to get the game going, mm -hmm. but you know, you as a player have a lot of options to decide. Um, what do I want to do with this thing? I don't, I don't have to play as a bad guy. I don't have to do any of this stuff. And one of the things that a lot of people do is that they talk to their DM or their game master. who's a guy who's like the storyteller, the only storyteller. And they'll talk about what is, you know, what do we want to have in here? What don't we want to have in here? What are some themes we want to cover? You know, so if you say, you say, hey, I have a problem if the story is too dark or if we, or if we talk, talk about different themes that like, you know, like war crimes and whatever in this game about war, then you just talk about it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you have the freedom. I mean, it would, I think if there's one thing that I, 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 I can stress to people who've never played this before is that, um, use these books and use these rule sets as just ways to tell whatever story you want to tell, you know. And when you view it that way, forced into like it's like it's not like when like you're playing this game, you must be some evil bad guy who's doing all sorts of evil stuff. <laughs> no, that's not the case, you know. You say, hey, I have the freedom to choose what my guy wants to be and uh, what themes I want to explore, um, and that's you know. Like in the real world, freedom, personal ability, and and you and you you also have to be aware of the people that are in your group. You know that uh, if there's certain if there's things that you're doing as your person that offends them, maybe it's best either you know draw back or change the way you're doing it or something. So because it is a group thing, it is unlike a video game where like you're playing for your competing yeah. in these games you're, you're and you're usually working as a um so you have to, so you have to be aware of your teammates and you know you want to keep the team together i mean there's this one of, one of the things that people say a lot of times when plays games like never split the party <laughs> they can never split the party <laughs> yeah no, they gotta work together to get to the end so yeah. well and, and that's a great point i think there because uh, not even just within the the people of faith who play tabletop role-playing games, but the wider community as a whole, one of the best recommendations I can ever make when you're getting together with a new group to play one of these games for the first time is to have a conversation about expectations and limitations. You know, what kind of content am I okay with and what kind of content am I, am I not okay with? Because there's going to be a lot of people who certain themes are going to be very painful for them. 
and they may not want to deal with uh, a racial theme or uh, uh, encountering another character in the game who's been sexually assaulted. Maybe they've been assaulted in real life and that's not something that they're comfortable talking about yet. And so having that conversation at the table of, okay, what's off limits? What aren't we going to do? What, what isn't okay? Um, I think that's really important because at the end of the day, like we've all been saying about creative freedom, uh, you can choose not to do X, Y, Z. If these are the things that bothers you um, about the idea of a tabletop role-playing game, you can just not include them because it's, a, it's literally your own world and you can shape it however you want. Um, and that really gets to, you know, um, to me, the, the, the answer to all of the concerns is if there's something about the game that concerns you, just pull that piece out and, and don't do it. And you can still play a tabletop role-playing game without magic. You can play it without a pantheon of, of other gods. Uh, when we talk about uh, magic, for example, I know there's a lot of Christians who are uncomfortable with that. Um, not to be overly snarky, but I would point those same Christians to Lord of the Rings because Gandalf uses magic, but it's okay because it, it's God's magic, I guess. But it's Tolkien, right? And he's a Christian and he uses magic and there are Christians who are against it. I know someone who is very anti Lord of the Rings still, which is fine. Um, C.S. Lewis doesn't shy away from magic in his books either. And yet most Christians love his work. And so there's, uh, there's a margin that we give people in a creative world. And I would just encourage us to think critically about that. That's all I'm going to say. However, if you don't want the ability for your character to use magic, there is a system for you. It's we'll get to that one second. I'm going to totally mess up your segue. Sorry. Wow. That's a perfect segue. <laughs> he knew it was coming. And he waited for the moment to just chop off. Okay. Okay, Derek, you know I can kick you into a waiting room, right? And just keep on with you. Sorry, Tom. I knew where you're going. Before we leave this topic, um, first off, uh, just to reiterate what everyone just said, it really matters who you play with. Yeah. So if you're in a group and they're doing stuff that you're uncomfortable with, speak up. Uh, pull over whoever's leading the group, talk about it in the group, talk to a player. Um, but if they're still doing something you're uncomfortable with, um, then that might not be the group for you. And as Joel said, if you're doing something that is uncomfortable, um, again, just respond to that. As far as like violence and graphic content, again, you are in control of how you describe stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So you don't have to go in as much detail and stuff. And then there's the other point about magic and other gods and stuff like that. There's a couple different ways you can approach that. And that's why I want to talk to you real fast. Um, one is you can explain this is just a game and but in real life, dot, dot, dot. So you can actually use this as an educational teaching moment. For example, in real life, the Bible teaches, hey, witchcraft is a real thing and you should never do that. So there's no, I'm going to use magic for good purposes that is in a lot of games and a lot of TV shows. The, bad, the Bible is clear. Magic is never to be used. It's, uh, it's activating the supernatural realm apart from God. And the only way you are supposed to access supernatural stuff is through God. And I think real quick, just to, to reiterate, I think it's important that we recognize that magic is real, witchcraft is real in the real world, right? Like that's not some crazy new agey thing. That's why it's specifically in the Bible, like you were saying, not to do it because it, it's a very real thing. And I think that's why for a lot of people, that's the, 
that's the, the biggest thing that kind of hits them is the magic thing, because the Bible is so clear, do not engage in this. Sorry, continue. Just wanted to bold that statement. Yeah. And then we talked about in other gods, again, in the Christian faith, we know there is only one God. Now, the Bible talks about other spiritual being, beings, there's um, angels, there's demons. The Bible itself talks about um, sometimes people worship other gods who are these lower spiritual beings who are not God. So again, this could be a teaching moment for you know a family member or whatever. Hey, we're playing a game, but in real life, this is what the Bible says is true. So you can use that as that. The other thing you can, again, as we all said, you can craft a world that is closer to our world. So if you're uncomfortable with magic, but you want your character to do cool superhero stuff, they can be a superhero or they can um, have some type of energy source that they use. Um, or in your world, magic could always be bad. You know, do what you want to reflect uh, the real world, world or to do a combination of all of that. So uh, we're all saying you have the freedom. But I just want to highlight that educational point. Again, you can choose that, hey, I don't want anyone that's related to me at all playing these things, or I want to use this as an opportunity for education. So, but speaking about magic, John, I think you had an amazing segue. Go. Yeah. Um, well, and, and what you were saying there uh, specifically about magic, um, to go back to my MCU uh, metaphor here, imagine you're playing a game where all of you are superheroes, right? If you're all picking someone from the Avengers and you're really mm, about magic, maybe you don't want to create like Scarlet Witch, you know, but think about someone like Tony. Tony Stark, whose entire superpower is his ability to create these suits that use science, right? In the first uh, game I ever played in, a very good friend of mine, um, he was a, a, a class... Uh, He's been on the podcast. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff has been on the podcast, yeah. Um, it's been quite a while. We need to have Jeff back. Um, Jeff, where are you? <laughs> come on, Jeff. Uh, but he played uh, an Artificer-style character, which... Um, the 10 second summary is instead of casting spells or anything, they use science to create stuff. So instead of being able to, you know, summon fire, he basically built like a mini flamethrower. And so there's ways to uh, not have to use magic in, in these games. But if you don't want magic available to your characters as uh, playable classes, there is a tabletop RPG for you. There's actually a lot of them, but the one that I want to talk about because we're involved in uh, is called... Adventures in Middle Earth. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings uh, continues, um, <laughs> as we've talked about it a few times. <laughs> it is a ring. There it is. There's the player's guide I've got uh, over here because I'm so important as to be telling the story. The Lore Master's Guide. Um, Adventures in Middle-Earth is a tabletop role-playing game in which each character, get uh, each player, sorry, gets to create a character that is from a particular culture inside Middle-Earth. Maybe you're a hobbit from the Shire. Maybe you're a, a human from Rohan or Gondor or somewhere else. Uh, or maybe you're a dwarf that is up from, you know, the, the Misty Mountains. Maybe uh, you're an elf like, like Gabe has. That, that is uh, in the northern area of the Mirkwood. You can, you can play any kind of character you want in Adventures in Middle-Earth set in any time period that you want because it doesn't limit you. So uh, we have something, a little thing that we do where we actually, uh, we, we play Adventures in Middle-Earth. We started a few weeks ago 
And we've been really enjoying uh, getting together and doing it over Zoom since we're not able to meet in person. And I'm not going to just do a whole bunch of like, look at how awesome I am because I run the game. Uh, but in reality, I want to say that if you are apprehensive about what tabletop role-playing games are and what it is like uh, for a Christian to be engaged in one, I would encourage you to check out that series. It's called Through the Realm of Light and Shadow, and it's an opportunity to see a bunch of Christians engaging in a hobby that they love in a setting that is inspired by a heavily Christian-influenced work by a well-respected Christian. So there, there's a lot of layers of Christianity to this, and I just want to encourage you uh, to see how we handle these things in real time. And you can uh, check out the game on our YouTube channel. Um, someone else start talking because I, I, I feel like I'm making a big deal and I, I'm trying well, not to Another thing that uh, we do in the series is we don't just play, but there's a debrief session that we do where we talk about applying those different themes like how i was talking earlier how you can sort of practice things and experience things and then process that after um because you experience them as your character and you can take away things just like you would take away from a novel mm -hmm. or a tv show definitely yeah and uh, i think just one one, th one thing to kind of add to that whole thing is um you know you're kind of going back like what is one of the best parts about the role-playing thing is many of us in the world, uh, I don't know, you could say many, not many, the point of the matter is there, a lot of people have a hard time making decisions. They're like, what is the right way? What's the wrong way? Caught in that trap. And the fun part about these role-playing games is like you learn to really think on your feet. And those skills apply to your life. And like we're playing these, we're playing these Lord of the Rings one. It's, you know, we're constantly faced with different challenges as a team we have to think of our feet because the game doesn't just stop. Like the game keeps on going. Um, so you have to say, okay, what, what, what is the best thing for me as a player, as my guy, and what's the best of the team? And you may find that those two motivations may clash. And then that's, I don't know, you get these fun moments where you learn to, to, to learn how to make a decision quickly uh, and to learn to live with it, you know? <laughs> so, and points. I think also the reason we, wanted to play it's because it's a lot of fun uh we wanted to spend time together as a team at shattered apart from just a lot of the stuff that we produce and it's supposed we found to be fun. We, yeah <laughs> i'm out uh <laughs> <laughs> and we, we found that we were i gotta go get a haircut sorry <laughs> flashback to our last uh topic anyways um <laughs> uh the other big thing as well is um it's been amazing how god has used those debrief times to like just teach me like in real life i'm always running around trying to do everything because that's my personality and in these games you literally have to rely on your team or bad stuff's going to happen and 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 it, it's a good reminder that god's given me that god has gifted each one of us differently and so i don't need to do everything i'm not supposed to do everything i i can't do everything i need to rely on other people including doris with uh anger management problems to help us solve the issue <laughs> that we're faced with um so it's a lot of fun um with that and i want to plug one last thing one of the reasons we want to do this is maybe you may not be a christian and you enjoy role playing or you enjoy Lord of the Rings or enjoy just good storytelling. We're hoping that you could listen and get something positive from it as well. And as we're reflecting on 
how it's impacted us and how our faith applies to that. Hopefully that's something good for you. So we have a video version and an audio version. So we encourage you guys to check out whichever one is best for you. Also to add into that, if you're just a fan of Lord of the Rings or really like that, um, uh, as the what Adventures in Middle Earth refers to as the lore master or the person creating the story, I'm doing my best to really tie in a lot of um, specific events and things from the story. Uh, takes place just before uh, Fellowship of the Ring, a couple years before the events of that movie. And I would love for you to just come in and check it out. In the most recent session that we had, I introduced an NPC that uh, not only the characters, but also the players did not recognize, which is really fun for me because it means that they don't know what's coming. Uh, but if you watch the session and Google the NPC's name, which my players are forbidden from doing, uh, oh, you'll on. get a pretty big hint at maybe some things that are coming up. So I just wanted to say, uh, you know, if you're just a fan of Lord of the Rings, um, you'll hopefully enjoy you know the, the little get together that we have so you say that i can't look into the into the npc anymore because now that you said that it has to do with the story I now i, I want to know who it is, is now. you think you know who it is now? yeah i thought i thought you made up that character at first but now you say it's a, someone from the lore yeah it's someone from the lore i actually is said that in the... the last session i think you guys just missed it well you said you said <laughs> the name yeah but yeah no i in our debrief i mentioned that uh he's actually a, a character in lord of the rings He's not in any of the movies, though. That's the thing. Yeah. For everyone who is watching who has no idea what we're talking about, go look at our series. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not Tom Bombadil, if that's what you're oh. saying. Yeah. yeah. So, no, so he is awesome. Like is what are you saying? Could it be one of the wearers of the Three Rings then? No, but I don't think so because what, what, everyone is now trying to. This is not an Adventures in Middle Earth session. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is also the majority of tabletop role playing games. If you take on the role of the guide, the person who's running the story, you get to torture your players with information that they don't know. Um, it's wonderful. Oh. One last thing that we're trying to do is, okay, so how is Shattered trying to use role play? We have this Lord of the Rings thing. We hope it's fun, but also that you get something from uh, debriefing uh, with our team because we like to create. Uh, we're also looking at more content that we can create and even in the future, maybe design some adventures, some guides that uh, people will enjoy, but also has embedded some fun, but also lessons of hope, faith, life skills built into it. Um, my very first church that I was uh, a youth pastor at, uh, my teams really wanted to play a role-playing game. So I made a whole system and I used to take them through uh, different parables and analogies of Bible stories and they create characters on and stuff and they love that. And so just recreating that is really fun. And um, one of the things about role-playing that I loved is that it's a chance to kind of copy parables that Jesus made, you know, it's, a, it's, it's this idea that Jesus used common ordinary stuff to tell these heavenly principles. And so I think in storytelling, we have the opportunity to do that as well, to have these great lessons that we learn um, from these stories that we're telling. So, Thank you. I agree. Does anyone have anything they would like to, to share uh, before we close out, maybe about your faith or favorite memory from playing a tabletop role-playing game, something you'd like to leave our audience with? Crickets. Wow. <laughs> I still need to share. Uh, uh, I will say, okay, so we wrote all my segues. <laughs> we have a scripture passage, uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 
19 to 23. And Paul's talking about becoming all things to all people. And he's not saying that um, he left his morals or faith behind. What he's saying is that when he's talking to certain audiences who likes certain things, he uses that as a bridge to talk about heavenly things again. And so it's been so great to be part of the role-playing community um, that I can sit down and play with people who might be of different backgrounds, different faiths, and to have this fun adventure with them. And that also gives us an opportunity for them to get to know me personally, but they get to know uh, more about my faith because how I play my character is influenced by what I think is right and wrong in real life. And mm -hmm. so that's just a cool example. So just another way that you might be able to use this to bridge the gap um, between people who might believe in Christian faith and some who don't. Couldn't agree more. All right, guys. Thank you for uh, being here. Joel, Hannah, Derek, and Gabe. I don't think I introduced you guys at the beginning, but at this point, you probably know who they are. And we are. if you don't, that oh, yeah, means... you did introduce us because you're talking I... about the hearts and the ribcage. Oh, the ribcage comment. Okay. <laughs> Good callback. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> and thank you, audience, because without you, we would just be hanging out with our friends, which arguably is still awesome. So I don't know why I'm thanking you now. We make new friends. Just kidding. Exactly. We want to make new friends. We want to create content <laughs> that uh, speaks to you, that, that has value to you. And so we appreciate you tuning in. However often you do that, whether it's when we drop content every week or if you're already watching our uh, campaign through the realm of light and shadow, we're just grateful that uh, we sometimes say things and other people care that we opened our mouths in the first place. And so you're awesome. We appreciate you. We love you. God loves you. And we'll see you next time. These are not magic items. They are relics from the saints that have gone... Like for us, you know, they're uh <laughs>